Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we build products in public. Each week, we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we share our struggles, our wins, and everything in between. I'm Benedicta, and I'm feeling pumped. And I'm Benedict. Today is December 20th. This is episode number 164, and I'm feeling relaxed because I've got a week I mean, off. <laughs> it's almost Christmas! Yeah, it is. This will yeah. be the last episode before Christmas, right? I guess so. Before Christmas, at least, it's going to be the last one. But do we want to do... Is it Christmas third day? Or what would that be? What do you say in English? I don't, I don't know. know. We don't, third day of Christmas. It's not a public holiday. In, it's, not a, it's not an official holiday in Germany anymore. It's not in Norway either. It's just the second day of Christmas is an official holiday. So if we're going to be yeah, good worker same, yeah. bees, we should do an episode then. But I think maybe we'll take the Christmas off. Uh, maybe yeah like I don't I don't care I'm officially back to work uh, next week so I'm taking this mm. week off and then next week uh, I'm actually working and uh, to be honest I'm looking forward to it because I expect it to be like a quiet week um, yeah so uh, hopefully I'll be able to just like get some work done because um, that didn't happen last week I had the best of intentions but none of my plans got any work done on them <laughs> <laughs> So you're on vacation but let's talk this about week. The, I'm on vacation this week, yes. Yeah. Uh, like doing the Christmas vacation before Christmas this year. And then we're leaving to visit my family over the holidays on Friday. So, yeah, um, flipping things a little bit around this week. But, um, yeah, why not? I mean, it doesn't, doesn't really matter, does it? But I guess the big news of the of the last week or the big news of this episode is like, you launched on Product Hunt. So tell us Woo-hoo! about it. How did it go? <laughs> I mean, for the listeners of the podcast, you're not surprised to hear that we totally broke Twitter. That's that's how I like to phrase it. <laughs> um, we did hit our 500 unfollow across all users limit. Um, and some people, less people than I thought, was kind of annoyed. Um, and then somebody in the Mega Maker community was like, you know, I'm trying to unfollow. I'm going to keep getting this error message because I kind of made the error message or the alert for when you were hitting your own personal 50 followers per 15 minutes. So it was a little, and then I like kind of shoehorned some information into there. And he was like, this doesn't sound positive. So he helped me kind of rewrite it. And after I rewrote it, like nobody complained. So um, thanks a lot. You know who you are. Um, and and we got like 200 new users or signups. Um, it's nice. fun having a free product. People just click the sign up button with no hesitation, I guess. Um, so we got a lot. I think we had like almost like 150 or something on the day or like 190. I don't remember exactly, but we're at 200 new new users now. And we have um, we facilitated 5,640 unfollows. Uh, since the beginning of Printer Follows, and then it's been 1,669 since the launch, if I got my queries correct. Um, and we landed on the 13th place, which I feel like we were doing really good, and then we got hit by that rate limiter. limiter. Like, people were still signing up, but I don't think they... Maybe not everybody went over to Product Hunt to like upvotes after getting that, mm-hmm. that limit, but I think we did really well. And I mean, if we were... If we, for some reason, had landed 
in the top 10 and ended in that newsletter that goes out to like half a million people or whatever, we would have definitely been right. <laughs> I would never be allowed the developer account on Twitter again. So, you know, uh, good news, bad news. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I just loved it. It was like, you know, lots of activity. I like a little bit of excitement and, you know, crunch time. And yeah, so all in all, I think it was a really good experience. Um, and also just fun for me because we have like half a million records now, I think, in one of the account or in one of the tables. And I've never like personally worked on a product that has like half a million records. So it's just interesting to see kind of, you know, what can break and also a lot of fun with the sentry logs because there are so many weird bugs. <laughs> <laughs> are no. you tracking both front end and back end or yes so on the front that i'm backend? on front that i'm basically just doing mostly what just like like the uh standard sentry thing where it's i think it's just like surrounds the whole react app or like the whole gatsby app and like um will catch any error that crashes the the app and then i also made sure to log some of the or most of the kind of um axis errors that i have i use axis to like uh, for my HTTP as an HTTP client. And um, I'm logging those, even though those don't always result, you know, in an actual error. Like my my app can totally handle that data isn't showing up. But I'm seeing that whenever I, whenever there's a rebuild of the site, we get a lot of these like rehydration issues. And I think that's from, and I don't think they're, I think they're inevitable. I think it is from people having the app open when a new build is happening and then when they go to navigate on the page there's a difference between kind of you know what is now on the server and what is in the the client but i'll have to investigate that more but lots of fun seeing seeing things and we've had some serious breakage um somebody with somebody who was following sixteen thousand people tried to use the app <laughs> wasn't built for that i guess <laughs> <laughs> was not built for that because there is also obviously a rate limit on getting people's uh, follow the people or getting the accounts that people follow so you're only allowed to do five times thousand so we could only get five thousand of somebody you know if somebody follows five thousand people which is kind of like what i made the app for you know my own use case where i i hit the five thousand limit and i wasn't allowed to to anymore and i think that's the limit like you're allowed to do five requests to that endpoint and it can give you a max of a thousand people uh, per time. So for this like 16,000 people, we would definitely, you know, store the next token and like store their access token and then wait a little bit and then do the next round of imports and stuff like that. So I might want to do that in the new year as a learning experiment and then kind of DM that person and be like, hey, you want to try it out now and see see how it goes. And that also um showed us that Twitter locations are not UTF-8 secure. Like, it's not always UTF-8. So there were some um, breakage with, like, importing that into Seda because it was expecting UTF-8 in their text columns. Mm. So, what? You know, like, it's fun when there's, like, a bunch of people using your application <laughs> in totally unintended ways. Um, You've so. got a weird definition of fun. <laughs> Well, they didn't pay, right? So it doesn't feel like if they paid like a hundred bucks, I would have been embarrassed. But since it's free, it's mostly just Fair learning enough. and fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been, do you have any other questions from us breaking Twitter? 
Um, anything you have done differently with the with the product hunt uh, promotion or launch or anything that worked particularly well or didn't work particularly well? So I think as uh, Val from Plugs Tactic was also launching. He's a friend from the Mega Maker community, um, and I think both of us got like most of our upvotes from DMing, just like being. <laughs> obnoxious and like dming everyone you know uh we were also sending like text messages to all the norwegian like to norwegian friends and they were like what is this like i don't they don't even i'm like it's a popularity contest just vote you don't have to care <laughs> about what it is um <clears throat> so i think like that is like a big big part of it and i think obviously if you have a paid product i would probably have made sure to like ramp up some more interest before the launch being like using your you know email list and and maybe even emailing the people you already have that are happy with your product and you know make sure that they um are ready to upload and then i saw that val did something that i found very smart that i haven't really read anywhere in kind of the private because you're not allowed to ask for upvotes or comments in public, you're only allowed to be like, support us on Product Hunt. Otherwise, they might like take you down. So, but in like more private communication, he he was like, it would be nice if you commented. And then he had like written 10 comments that you could just copy paste. Mm. That's, so that's I found smart. that to be a very clever tactic. And he ended up like on sixth place. He did really well. And I'm very happy for him because that's like his bread and butter and his... um his uh yeah his main thing so but it was kind of fun that we were in it together because we were like dming like what's happening like because product hunt has some major time zone issues so in the morning when i thought there was like two hours left and it obviously was two hours left the the page was like oh you launched yesterday and i'm like no <laughs> like it's still today <laughs> in the states but you know, and when I scheduled the whole thing, it said it was in a day and six hours, not just six hours. Like, so they have a lot of time zones bugs on, on product hunts. If you're in Europe and you're seeing some weird things, like just like triple check because it might just be that that product hunt is not showing you the correct timestamps. Mm, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> but also, <laughs> uh, time zones are hard. <laughs> time zones are hard, but I feel like if you are not going to do them seriously just show them in like the server time zone and just like let like give it yeah. to me straight like instead of trying to be clever and like calculating and doing all kinds of things or at least have a parenthesis where it says like you know it will end and then the time and then the time zone so i can go and double check your calculations <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that's a pro tip right there. So, so yeah, and and I almost forgot. There's a TechCrunch reporter that contacted me on Twitter. I haven't verified the person, um, but it seems legit. So maybe TechCrunch will be writing about Pruno Palos. Um, he was very interested in like the limits and like how is it going and um, you know is the API breaking? Because I obviously he probably wants to write an article about like the api yeah. breaking because of management but um but i try not to go down that road so we'll see we'll see if that happens like that could be just like a fun thing every time we launch something on uh on product and we always got um 
ATV station reach out uh, and making it like, ah, oh, we want we want to put you on TV and uh, like cover your product and stuff like that. And the first time we we actually, oh, that's quite cool, and like started talking to them, and then turned out what they actually want to do is like sell you a sponsored placement on their show where you pay like five thousand dollars or something, so they they interview you for like two minutes or so, <laughs> and we were like, okay, yeah, they're probably not. <laughs> So yeah, there's a lot of shady practices. As well. I did not get one of those, but I did get get an offer to buy upboats. Mm. And yeah. Val did that as well. And also if you saw the people that were in kind of the first to third place that day, and you went and looked, there's something called like the product wars where they graph out the different products and, and their votes. You can see like the three top ones had like a high climb and then suddenly they dropped like with mm -hmm. like, you know, a hundred votes or like 50 votes. So I think there's, there's obvious or there's, I don't know, there's a high likelihood that, that people are buying up votes. Mm -hmm. and yeah, then, maybe. <laughs> and then, and then product hunt, like managing to kind of, you know, find some of them and like throwing them out after the fact, but because he was like, otherwise, why were they dropping like 50 votes just suddenly in the middle of the day? Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, uh, but all in all, I I guess fun. I, I, fun. I, I would say like the amount, just the amount of support. Like it was amazing. Thank you to everyone who retweeted and kind of commented. And, you know, it's nice to feel loved every now and then <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah i mean this is a good, so thank you for that a good opportunity to get some positive positive feelings about all the support you get absolutely what you've been up to um yeah as i mentioned last week has been a little bit stressful in terms of little problems everywhere and uh, spent most of the week fixing stuff uh doing customer support tackling weird issues, um, explaining potentially weird looking behavior that's actually correct to people and stuff like that. So I didn't get any of the work done I actually planned. Um, but in the end, uh, by the end of the week, I used that opportunity to just go into, into the thing and like um, go into a monitoring and fix everything that looked kind of annoying or like we have a couple of things that aren't really critical but they just send an alert and just annoy me because of that um, so i spent some time fixing that um, and also looked at our auto scaling configuration because we're getting we were getting more and more alerts from our monitoring that like the, um, the initial queue times so or the time between the request arriving and it actually being processed had some spikes throughout the day so I tuned our um, our server setup a little bit and also our auto-scaling setup so it runs with a little more resources uh, these days just to get the number of alerts down because over the last week or two, maybe three, um, it just increased to be so annoying that I stopped really looking at stuff. And that's always a bad sign when you get so many alerts that, you, that you're like, uh, I don't know, this is probably not an issue or whatever. Um, so where so are these alerts coming my, from? Uh, they're coming from AppSignal, our application monitoring tool. It does everything mm -hmm. from um, uh, like 
errors like uh, send regest to like performance metrics like re requests per minute, requests per second, uh, response time, queue time. It's monitoring our database. It's monitoring our servers. It's more monitoring our uh, background queues. All of that, and we have a couple alerts set up based on things in there, and a, a, a few of them were were firing more often than they should. And for a moment, it was like, should I adjust the alerts, or should I try and like uh, <laughs> throw more servers and more resources at the problem? And I eventually decided to do like the more resources because. I mean, the alerts are there for a reason, right? <laughs> There's a problem, so you probably should fix the problem instead of turning off the alert. <laughs> um, and things quieted down quite a bit because of that, but we're still like one or two times a day, we still get an alert from the system that uh, queue time is high. But you can see that it's basically at the top of the hour, we get an alert that like requests take a second or two just to be processed. And then five minutes after we get the all good because apparently the autoscaler took care of it um, by just like um, booting more server resources. Um, but it's still annoying and I'm not entirely sure what to do about it because it doesn't happen every hour. It's not always the same hour of the day. It's just super random. And I'm not entirely sure if you should just like scale things up by default and like have a cup a bunch of unused resources or if we should just live with it and be like okay like maybe it's a lot of requests on that very second and that's why it took a little bit longer um but we pay could it could it be whenever one money? of your largest largest cust could it be whenever one of your largest customers decide to send an email at the top of the hour it's not related to it's not related uh, okay. to emails. It's mostly like just incoming data, and mm. I'm sure it's something like that. Like some something happens in one of our customer system that uh, just causes a lot of incoming data. But so far, I didn't see a pattern in it, so I can't really do anything about it. Like um, I think at this point, we've either be okay with like requests being a little bit slower or like like increasing server capacity by a lot so it doesn't affect things anymore. But then if it's most of the time at like 10% capacity, that's also kind of stupid. <laughs> like I'd, I'd, I'd rather make good use of the resources and like not, not really max them out, but like make good use of them. And I, again, like I don't really know um, how to predict when we need more server resources. <laughs> So anyways, that's that's been what's going on uh, last week, um, like for most of the week. And then on Wednesday, we had a call with uh, CrunchyBridge, the database provider we're looking at migrating to. And we basically did a test migration. Um, so earlier that week, we set up um, basically log replication or not log replication, what's it called, data replication from our existing database to there. To the, to the new database. And then on Wednesday, we had a call with one of their support engineers to, to do a live cutover test. So um, uh, we tested how long it would take to, to migrate and what we'd need to do. Um, and it turns out we might be able to do this within 30 minutes. So we'd have like 30 minutes of downtime, but that's enough to get all the data uh, copied and, and up to date on the on the new system and then unfortunately because they 
have like different encoding settings for UTF-8 and stuff like that. We have to rebuild a couple of indexes. And that takes like 20, 25 minutes. Um, but that's it. Like um, we can we can migrate all of our data in about 30 minutes. Um, so that's what we're going to do next week, Thursday the 29th. We are doing a cutover and um, migrate our database from Heroku to Crunchy. So I'm excited about that. I still feel and also worried. Of I, course. I still think Crunchy is such a funny name. <laughs> Jane was like, "Ah, so the new provider we are using is called Crunchy Bridge." I'm not entirely sure. I trust the Crunchy Bridge <laughs> with exactly. my data. <laughs> and yeah, and as I said a couple of weeks ago, like I just I don't know, Crunchy just brings up American cereal commercials for me. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, well, it's we're going to do a lot of data I... crunching over there. So, in that regard, I guess that's where the name comes from. Like, but it's just like when you say crunch, all I can hear is like crunch. You know, when you're when you're like chewing <laughs> something crunch. Like, I I don't hear crunching data. Like, I guess it's because it's crunchy, like the crunchy the Y at the end. But anyway, uh, yeah. their marketing person commented on one of our uh, slow and steady tweets uh, audiograms. Uh, when I was talking about this last time. So I am expecting that you will get a Captain Crunchy cereal <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, box with your know. face on it as a as a um, <laughs> as merch from them. Like they could just buy a Captain Crunchy box and like modify like your <laughs> customer, you know, you as a customer, like your face on it. And that would be such a fun marketing ploy from from there. From <laughs> yeah, them. That would be fun though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm manifesting. Um, so, this is gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of forcing them to, right? <laughs> I'm not forcing anyone. I'm just saying it's a very good idea. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing we did uh, in preparation for that, we figured out a way to put our application into read-only mode, sort of, um, because even though 30 minutes isn't that long of downtime, we figured it's it's a problem if, for example, link tracking doesn't work anymore um, in those 30 minutes. So like, if we'd put the application into full maintenance mode, which we kind of have to because we don't want any, want any writes to the old database in that 30-minute time frame where the replication is stopped but a new database isn't quite ready yet. Um, if we put the, uh, the, the application into full maintenance mode, like stuff like people clicking on links would get, uh, hey, we're down for maintenance message, which is kind of not a good user experience. Um, so we figured out a way to um, to prevent Rails from doing any writes to the database, which is pretty cool. There's a new feature in Rails 7, I think, um, where you can wrap stuff in, uh, I think it's called with preventing writes block. So everything beneath that block is raising an exception when it's a write to the database. And we're using that to um, basically keep parts of the app in read-only mode. So stuff like link tracking would still work because um, it doesn't really, it doesn't even read from the database. It's just like taking the URL um, with our link tracking information in there and then putting a job into the background queue, which is on Redis. So it doesn't, it is not affected by the database being down. Um, and then redirects to the link that's also embedded in the original URL. Um, so 
that stuff will just keep working. And um, also our um, a background processing for like incoming data would also still work because it only reads from the database to check your authentication keys and stuff like that. And they can still be there. Like um, it's not changing anything. So we'll still be able to accept data and put them into the queue. And of course, the background queue processing will be stopped because that would write to the database. But at least for our customers, it's it, it should look like the app is still up there and uh, still doing its job. It's just that it will not do any email sending or automations or all of that for about 30 minutes while we actually do the migration. So I'm pretty excited about that because I was a little bit worried that if we had to put everything into uh, a maintenance mode, that would that would make it for a sucky migration for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, so, especially that yeah. link, link, like clicking on links and stuff like that would be. So, so you're saying that you never write directly to the database; it's always put into queue. So you can keep putting everything into the queue, and then you it will kind of be stored there. And when the data new database is up, then everything will be propagated to the new database. Yes, exactly. At least on those endpoints where like there's a lot of incoming data and we want them to be super snappy and quickly. Um, not quickly, quick. Um, crunchy, quickly. Read... Yeah. <laughs> quickly uh, crunchy, crunchy yeah. sorry. <laughs> we, do the, we do the data crunching in the background and then uh, uh, accepting data is like a super minimal task. Um, and um, yeah, that allows us to, to do a setup like this where we basically have no downtime. But for the 30 minutes, if I go in and I want to manually add somebody in the UI, that would fail. Yeah, like we're going to sh stop the UI. So the UI will show you mm. a, uh, we're currently in maintenance mode thing. Um, but like your application and all the integrations we have, like Sapia and Segment, they would just keep sending and we'd still accept that data. Um, but the UI would be stopped uh, because... If you authenticate in there, we create a new access key and stuff like that. So that that wouldn't work. And also any any changes you make in the UI in those 30 minutes. Like changes in the UI are usually like directly written to the database. So if you set up a new segment, um, it will be gone after the 30 minutes uh, migration window is done. So we put the UI into um, maintenance mode, uh, but everything else is basically just in read-only mode. What a good architecture you have here. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> it's okay, I guess. <laughs> let's see how what well do you it say works when people let's practice. What do you say when people give you a compliment? Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> You're right, I'm awesome. <laughs> no, just yes, yes, um, you are. Yes, you are. No, but that that is a uh, oh, it's cool. Oh, I want to play with. I want to play with queues now. I need a queue for my app. That's what I need so that the imports. Can you, keep I mean, makes sense background. for your case as well, right? Yeah. To to Especially do like all the, the unfollowing in the background. Yeah, do all the import could be on a queue, and then all of the unfollowing could be on a queue, and then people would just have like a scheduled for. You know, it would just say scheduled for unfollow, I guess. And then when it happens, it would change into unfollowed. Since, because yeah. then I guess the queue, I could be like, oh, let's stop the queue for 24 hours and then let's start the queue again. Could you, could I do that? 
I guess. Depends on your implementation, but that should be possible, yeah. <laughs> and but also, how do I, I imp one, implement one a queue? That, one argument for that is um, you'll be able to better manage your um, your limits, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because you can just like do it on your own at your own speed and at your own yeah schedule. Yeah, huh, and then people could pay to be prioritized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really want to unfollow this person. He has 20 bucks to, to make sure they are gone from my timeline. And then everybody else is put in the background queue to happen after 24 hour or whatever. When no, um right. I think I guess I have to, you know, if anybody has any resources on I think SATA is working on an integration with Cloudflare. And if I'm correct, Cloudflare has some kind of queue product. So if anybody has any resources, good resources on that, let me know. And if anybody knows anybody at Cloudflare, you know, they can sponsor me and I'll work yeah. on Cloudflare queues for printer follows to, um, to make it all happen. But yeah, I guess that's it. Oh, and by the way, yeah. I still love my wood stove. It's the best thing that has happened this year. Awesome. That's good to hear. <laughs> well, then, um, I guess, Merry Christmas. Enjoy your holidays. Enjoy your holidays with your wood stove. Um, yes. And uh, maybe talk to you next Merry week. Merry Christmas. But also, Happy New Year and uh, see you in 2023. I guess let's just do that. Let's. 2023 is the next one. Okay, we're skipping next week. Sounds good. We're skipping well next done. week. Happy Everybody, year, everyone, enjoy well. the holidays and we'll see you in the new year on the interwebs. Bye. Bye.